children's worship where they will be uh, well taken care of for the next hour and a half, all right? So you guys buckle up. Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. We've been walking through Galatians. We have been, uh, we've been talking about grace, talking about how God displayed his great grace to us while we were yet sinners. Remember, a definition for us for grace is God's unmerited favor towards sinners. Any sinners in the room today? Some of you weren't ready for the question. All right. I know you ain't seen me in two weeks. All right. Any sinners in the room this morning? All right. All right. If your hands are down, you just need to go ahead and put them back up. You just need to go ahead and put them back up. All right. Because we're, we're all sinners. There's no one in here today that is, that is, that is saying, hey, Jeff, I am sin free. Because we're not. We're, not, we're, we're sinners. In fact, we're, we're prone to sin. We're going to talk today about how we're, we've got a flesh in us that desires sin, that desires its own thing. And so, so when we think about what God has done for us and how far God was willing to go for us, we should be in awe of His grace. We should be, I mean, when you think about grace, you know, oh, we know the song, right? Amazing grace, how sweet. The sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. See, right? We know that song. It's, it's been ingrained to us. My, my son knows that song because my wife sings it to him every night as he's going to bed. We talk all the time about that amazing grace, and yet sometimes we get kind of dull to it. We, we forget all that God has saved us from, all that God has brought us from, and we need a great reminder of who we are. Today, the Apostle Paul, he's been, he's been walking with the people of Galatia, and he wants them to see, he wants them to see how great Jesus is and how worthy he is to be followed. And so he tells them with a declaration. He says, today I want you to walk out your faith and walk by the Spirit of the Lord. God has given us his Spirit. At salvation, you've got an incredible life change. At salvation, the Holy Spirit of God took up residence in your heart. The Holy Ghost of God came and lived and dwelled among you. So he's telling the church, I want you to walk by, walk by the Spirit. So if you've got your Bible, go with me to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 16. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Galatia, he says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, they're evident. They're sexual immorality, they're impurity, sensuality, they're adultery, they're sorcery, they're enmity, they're strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Fits of anger. Fits of anger. We're going to have an invitation in this after a while. And we're going to have some Alabama fans down here at the altar, all right? We'll get to that in a little bit. Fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, 
envy, drunkenness, orgy, and these things. He says, I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. For we live by the Spirit. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Father, we approach you today by grace, knowing that we are not worthy of your embrace. But because of you, we get to experience you this morning. So, Father, we pray over these next few moments that, Father, we would hear a fresh word from you. God, I pray that you would use my vocal cords and you would use my mind, you'd use my spirit, my personality to convey gospel truth this morning. And may we hear from you. May we hear a fresh word from you today. May we know what it means to walk and live in the spirit of you. God, if there's people today in this room that need to make life decisions, there's people here today who need to partner with our church and ministry, or they need, to, they need to give their hearts and lives to you, let you be their savior. If there's people here today, Father, who need to repent at an altar, God, we pray that your spirit would have freedom in this place. Have your will and your way. And it's the name of Jesus that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. He, he starts in this passage. He starts by, he says, I want you to walk in the spirit. The apostle Paul is straight. And he says, I want you to walk in the spirit. And I can tell you that. I can say, church, the, the apostle Paul, mainly Jesus, wants you to walk in the spirit. Now go do it. But the reality of it is most of us don't know what he's talking about. When we think of walking in the spirit, how do we connect that to tomorrow? Because, I mean, for most of us, I mean, some of you have that sweet life of retirement. Most of us face Mondays, right? Uh, my grandparents are retired now, and, and so I'll call them, and we'll be talking to them. My granddad will be like, now, what day is it? I'm like, you never, you, a working man always know. He, he may not know a lot, but he knows when Friday's coming, right? He, he, I w- we want you to walk out the spirit. So tomorrow morning, when that alarm clock goes off, and our students have to go back to school, and... And the moms are rejoicing, and, and they're getting ready for work, and, and, and the teachers are crying, and, and we're getting them all out the door. And how are you going to walk in the Spirit? See, walking in the Spirit isn't just a declaration. Like You don't just wake up tomorrow morning and be like, I'm walking in the Spirit today, and you think it's going to happen. Walking in the Spirit is an every moment of everyday thing. It's us consciously being aware that God has made provisions for our every step. And this is where we go. Like we, we, we think, like God of the universe, man, he's, got, he's got poverty to deal with. He's got war and strife. He's got world hunger. He's got the, the Democrats and the Republicans to deal with. How in the world has God got time for me? You know, he's concerned about you. God of, God of the universe who spun this thing into orbit, who spoke it with his words and declared, let there be light. And the light's still here. 
That same God is concerned with your every step. He says, I have a plan for your life. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that, that God Almighty has a plan for you? That the King Eternal thinks so much of you that He has a plan for your life? So when we, when we walk out the Spirit, we must first realize that, that our walk has to be continually. That we're not just, just going to haphazardly, haphazardly approach the scene. We continually walk in the Spirit. Every day we get up, we consecrate our minds and our hearts. We start that. Anybody start with a word of prayer in the morning? If you don't, I, I pray you do. Man, I pray you do. I pray you, you have a prayer time early in the morning. And I know, I know it's hard. You wake up and you, you're just trying to find the way to the coffee pot. You need to set a time where, where you're praying in the mornings. You're praying, God, provide for me today. God, empower me for today. God, you're going to put things in my life today, God. I need, I need you to be all over it. I need your grace to be all over. We continually walk in the Spirit consciously and intentionally. Every day we're saying, Lord, I am a vessel for you. Lord, I am here for you. Lord, I don't know what today's going to hold. I don't know what phone calls are going to come today. Lord, I don't know what conversations I'm going to get to have today. Lord, I don't know what you're going to bring at me. But what I know is that when the power of God is on me, I cannot fail. We don't, we don't walk around defeated. We walk continually in the spirit every day we're saying lord it's all about you it's all about you it's not about me it's all about you today and when you give your life up like that it's complete surrender you're saying lord it's all about you today not about me it's not about black friday shopping it's not about a football game it's not about my wishes or my wants but it's about serving the lord faithfully wherever he takes me and continually doing that. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. Look at your neighbor and say, it's always worth it. So we continually walk in the Spirit, and we walk to overcome the desires of the flesh. We walk to overcome the desires of the flesh. He says, he says but I say, walk in the Spirit so you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. The Apostle Paul is telling the church, he says, we know your flesh has desires. We know that you struggle with sin. We know that, that, that the lights and the glimmer, it's all there. And we know how easy that that is. We live in a consumeristic society. Anybody go shopping this weekend? Covered like, oh, we didn't get out of it crazy. Three of you raised your hand. The rest of you lying. All right. <laughs> Whether you went shopping online or you got in a line, we, we, we're consumers by nature. We like buying stuff. I wear Amazon Prime out. Y'all know, I mean, that poor, that poor UPS driver, he, I got a tough driveway to get down, and he has to get all the way down there to me. I feel bad when he comes on Sunday. I really do. I'm like, I need to stop ordering stuff on Thursday. I need, I need to figure all that out. We're consumers. We, we like stuff, and, and where we get careful. And listen, having stuff's not a bad thing. If God's given you wealth, that's, that's not a bad thing. But when we become about stuff, and that's what our heart's desire is, when we become about things, material things that, that will fade away, what are you buying today that's going to be here in 20 years? What are you buying today that, that, that's going to hang around that you're going to pass generational? They don't make stuff like that anymore. It's all stuff. And when we, when we fall into the desires of our world, we become overcome. You can't dip your big toe in the pool of desire 
and not be overcome by it. You'll fall in and you'll be immersed. So the Apostle Paul is telling the church in Galatia to overcome that because we know the temptation, right? There's advertising companies that spend billions with a B, billions of dollars trying to convince you of what you need, right? You think most of us are walking around with some type of smartphone. And I know, I know technology is great and I embrace technology well, um, but Apple will have folks wrapped around buildings to get a phone that all they did was tweak the camera. And we'll go nuts. We'll go nuts. We got to get it. Got to get it. Thousand dollars, don't matter. Got to get it. Right? There's, there's other things. Uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go stand in line for things. We'll, we'll buy stuff. We, we'll do our hard money. You, you think about Budweiser. And I know some of you just got, he said Budweiser from the pulpit. He did. <laughs> Budweiser makes billions of dollars a year selling beer. Have you ever seen their commercials? I pick on Budweiser because I think they make the best commercials. They got that little yellow lab, you know what I'm talking about, at Super Bowl. That, and then the Clydesdales come. They didn't even show a picture of a beer, and you're like, I'm in. If they showed a car wrapped around a tree, if they showed a family standing beside a graveside, mourning the loss because of a drunk driver, if they showed someone laying in a hospital bed because their liver has given out because of the amount of alcohol consumed, if they showed those things that have a hard time selling their product. It's all about the bait and switch. We, we want to show you what this good life is, and this is what the world will do. It will show you, hey, woo, looky here. Look at this good stuff right here. But it doesn't show you the weight of the sin. It doesn't show you the weight of what you're going to get involved with. So the Apostle Paul is talking to the church in Galatia, and he's saying, when you walk in the Spirit, you will not desire, you will not desire to be a consumeristic, involved person. You'll seek the Lord in His kingdom alone. He continues. He says, we're, we're not going to just walk in the flesh. We're not going to do that. He, he says, we, we're going to walk because the battle that we're fighting is real. The battle that we're fighting is real. Some of you need to know today, you're in a battle. Some of you need to know today, you have an enemy. And it's not Auburn fans. It's not Alabama fans. That's not your enemy. We, we have an enemy. We have Satan, and he is against us. We, we have an enemy. We have an enemy that wishes to destroy us. He is a devourer. He is a liar. He is a thief. He will steal your joy. He will strap you and chain you to the very thing that Jesus has set you free from. He said, watch the enemy. Know he's there. Know he's there. Any good military, any, any good police officer would tell you one of the things in readiness is to know your enemy. There's a reason our, our defense spends billions of dollars in, in its budgets. is because we, we need to know who our enemy is. We know our scripture tells us we have someone who stands against us. Satan and his demons seek to kill, steal, and destroy you. You're like, not little old me. Yes, little old you. Because if Satan can get you tied down, you will not be productive for his kingdom. Anybody say that? If Satan can keep you tied down, you will not be productive for the kingdom of God. So you wonder why God, you wonder why Satan keeps bringing up that sin in your life. Why Satan keeps throwing that up? Because if he can get you thinking on that, he can get your mind off the things of the Lord. 
if he can get your mind on your past and not your present glory, then he's won the fight. If he can get you, and this is where he's winning, folks. If he can get you thinking, not today. If he can get you thinking, not today, God's place on your heart, you need to go talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Satan will come up to you and say, no, that brother's busy today. Ball game's on. That brother's busy today. He's got things going on. You don't need to go mess with him. Satan will tell you, you ain't ready for that. You go call you preacher. What's what's he going to do? You can't go talk to Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Jesus said he's given you all the power. That he's given you all the glory to go out and make disciples. You don't need me to come talk to your neighbor. You need to go talk to your neighbor. Satan will give you all the reasons in the world not to. But remember, folks, he's a liar. He's a liar and he's a destroyer. Don't let him know your enemy and fight against him. And he says, walk to avoid falling back under the law. He's for the, he tells us the desires of the flesh, they're against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those who they oppose each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Verse 18 tells us, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. He's telling the church in Galatia, because that's where they're struggling. They're, they're wanting to pick back up the law and not, not relish in the gospel of grace. And so, so he's telling them, he, he says, walk in the Spirit to avoid falling back into your routine life of being lost. When you and I walk in the Spirit, we're a new creature. We're a new creation. The old has passed away. We've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer us who lives, but it's Jesus living through us. And so when we walk in the Spirit, we avoid going back to that natural self. We avoid getting back. Because listen, we've been crucified with Christ, but our flesh can resurrect pretty quick. Most of your flesh will resurrect on Dewey Heights Road. Right there. You get behind somebody going 25 and a 45, bless your soul. You, you get a little hot about it. You get flashing lights and honking the horn to wave them. Tell them you love them in Jesus' name, but they need to go. You don't drive like that? When we walk in the Spirit, we realize that we're continually being made new. You're continually being made new. You're not falling back into the person that you were before your salvation. You're not falling back. You're not grabbing back a hold to those things that will tie you down. The very things Jesus has declared that he has set you free from. Then the Apostle Paul tells the church, he says, you've got to control your flesh. You've got to control your flesh. He tells us in verse 19, he says, for the works of the flesh, they're evident. They're evident. He says they're sexual immorality. They're impurity. They're sensuality. It's adultery, it's sorcery, it's enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He gives us this list of of acts of the flesh. He says, you shouldn't be mentioned among these things. He, He tells us, he says, that sexual immorality, which is rampant in our culture, and it goes way past just... What we deem as sexual intercourse is now so much more than that. Pornography has taken over our churches. Pornography has taken over a leadership. We have so, I mean, it's almost every month now we're hearing a pastor stepping down over sexual immorality. We hear that often. 
And then I get people like, so you won't meet with me by yourself? No, I don't. I don't, I don't meet. If you're a woman, I love you. I pray for you all the time. If you need to meet with me, we can do that. But just know you're not going to meet with me by myself. Like you'll meet with me in a deacon. You'll meet with me and my wife. You'll meet with us. And it, it won't be me. We're, we're standing above that. We guard from that. I, I intentionally guard my heart from sexual morality because it's rampant. It's rampant. It's everywhere in our culture. And, and, and we're putting it on billboards now. I mean, ha, ha, you drive through Birmingham and you look at some of the billboards and you look at some of the commercials. And, and what we deemed pornography in the 60s is on commercial selling underwear today. And the church has remained silent. Because deep down we look at it and we go, okay. Apostle Paul saying, flee from that. Don't let sexual immorality, don't, don't let that get a stronghold in your life because it will destroy you. So he, sexual immorality, but impurity. Impurity. Don't let your hearts become impure. Don't let your hearts long after other things. He, he tell, Jesus has transformed you to a new creature. Let your heart remain pure. Don't fall into sensuality. Don't fall into feel-goodism. Listen, look at me right here. Just because it seems good doesn't mean it's good for you to do. Just because it seems good doesn't mean it's good for you to do. We live in this life, oh, I just, I just got, we want to feel good. We don't want bad days. We don't want suffering. We don't like trials. And no one does, but, but thinking you can avoid them is unrealistic. We got a phone call this past week that Katie's granddad was near death. And that brother faithfully preached the gospel for nearly 50 years. We'll never know the full extent of his ministry. We'll never know all the people he led to Christ. We'll never know all the people that he baptized. Those numbers are too great for us to count. You never know when those phone calls are coming. You never know when you're going to walk through stuff. So when you fight for this sensuality and you fight for, I'm going to live every day as if it's the best day ever, you're probably going to be let down. Feel-goodism is attacking the church, but it's not biblical. He, he goes on and he, he tells them, he says that enmity and strife and jealousy, that fits of anger, the rivalries and dissensions and divisions, envy, those things shouldn't be mentioned among the believer. So if you're here today and you're, you're struggling with, with this, I, I want to have more and I want more things or, or I don't like that person. If there's somebody who is a brother and sister in Christ that, that you have strife against, Jesus, Paul's telling the church that, that that can't be among you. You can't have relationships with people and have division and distension. He says, that's not biblical. That's not good for you. Because when we embrace that, when there's people who we become hostile towards, we're not loving them like Christ. And I remember growing up, my, my grandmother would tell me, tell me if you've heard this one. You don't have to like everyone, but you should love. Your grandmother told you that too? Can I tell you the call of the gospel is to like them and love them? We don't, uh, we don't condone sin, but here's what I know. If I don't like you, I'm going to have a real hard time loving you. If I don't like you, I'm going to have a real hard time 
loving you. So he's, he's guarding us. He says, guard your hearts from, from all of these things. And he finishes with, with drunkenness and, and orgy and things like these. These perversions of the flesh. He says, they shouldn't be mentioned among you. In fact, he, he goes, he says, he says, I've warned you and I've warned you about these before. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those are stark words from the Apostle Paul to the church. He says those lives that, that are committed to sin. And I'm not saying, hey, I'm not saying if you got mad last night and bounced your remote off your TV, I'm not saying that you're going to hell. I didn't say that. But what the Apostle Paul is telling the church, that, that if you have a habit of these sins, if these sins are natural to your being, he's saying you're not saved. He's not, you're not saved. So if you're here today and you, you, you've been struggling your, your whole life with jealousy and enviness, the problem's not that you've got a condition because we know it. It's sin. The problem is you've never given your heart to Jesus. I don't care how many times you've been to an altar. I don't care if you've been baptized so many times that, that every frog and tadpole in Jefferson County knows your social security number. I'm telling you that if you live a lifestyle of these sins, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. Because then the Apostle Paul tells us, he tells us of the fruits of the Spirit. He says, the previous shouldn't be mentioned among you, but these should. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, against these things, there, there's no law. So we shouldn't be mentioned among sin, but we should be mentioned among these. He starts with love. Jesus said, you'll know my people by their love. Do you love? And I'm not talking about the people who are easy to love. I'm not talking about the folks who, who make it easy to love them. Do you love everyone? Do you have joy? you got joy in your life. Do people know you by a joyous attitude? Do you seek peace? Do you seek peace in everything? Are you consciously aware of, of being a peacemaker? Are you a patient person? Let me go ahead and answer that one. That's a well, prayer time a little bit. Are you kind? Are you kind? I remember my first Sunday on staff at the very first church that paid me to do ministry. We had been there the week before in kind of that view of call, and it was, those are always, you think those are awkward on a church, they're pretty awkward on the pastor too. We were in Jackson, Mississippi, and Katie was my girlfriend at the time. We weren't even engaged yet, and so this dates me back about 12 years now. We, uh, got called on staff at this church. I was their youth pastor, and we came in. Their sanctuary had a, a center aisle. And we came in, and we sat on the second row off the pastor's kind of right, right over in this area where he was at, and we sat there. And we're talking. This, this elderly lady comes up to us, and she's just standing there kind of awkwardly beside me. And I'm, I'm, so I look back, and I say, good morning, and I stand up to shake her hand. She wasn't there the previous week. She didn't know who I was. I didn't know who she was. And she said, young man, I don't know you, but you're in my seat. Oh. 
And I've always kind of had a weird perspective of church. You see, when, we, when I come in this room every Sunday, I look for a couple of things. And if you're a visitor here today, you can help me. Because see, I don't think about what does a church member here that's been here 20 years, I don't think about what they think about. I don't think about what's Uncle Joe, who's a charter member, what does he think when he walks in this room? You see, when I walk into a room that we're worshiping in, my first thought is, if, if I'm a visitor and this is my first time, what is my perspective? Because if I don't, I get dull and I don't see some of the things that I need to be seeing. And, and I remember her telling me that. Son, I don't know you, but you're in my seat. And those words have burned into my brain. Because she didn't know me. She didn't know that I was on staff at her church. My wife and I could have been a visitor looking for Jesus who happened to find their church and found our way to their sanctuary. And here this woman comes who is a professing believer, looks at me who does not know me and says, excuse me, you're in my seat. There's no kindness there. Kindness would have been, you know what? Hey, love you guys. Glad you're here. Let me go sit somewhere else. I hope you experience Christ today. Kindness and being, being about the things of the Lord, having that joy in you and, and having a kingdom focus in you is saying, it's not about my comfort. It's not about my desires. It's about people being introduced to Jesus. And that alone is our focus. Got home that afternoon and I struggled. Like, how am I going to talk to this lady? Like, I've, I've got to fix this. Like, you can't look at somebody you don't know. It's like, get up. We had to walk with her through that, work on her heart, work on her joy. And when we left, she was still sitting in her seat, all right? <laughs> he said, goodness will, be, goodness will be marked on the life of the believer. This goodness that you will do, you'll be about good things, that you won't be about evilness. And he tells them that faithfulness, faithfulness is an attribute that, that you will possess, that you'll be faithful not only to the church, because you should be faithful to the church, but to the things of God, walking out the things of the Lord that he has for you, that you'll be faithful to what God gives you, you'll be faithful to what he calls you to, that you'll be faithful in all things to his glory, you'll be gentle. You'll be gentle. Listen, I'm, I'm a man's man. I, I like working with my hands. I like shooting guns. I'm a man's man, all right? It's hard for me to be gentle. Sometimes I want to walk in like a bull in a china shop. But God's call on me. There's times I have to be gentle. There's times I have to embrace it and be different because people perceive different things. It says you must have self-control. You must have self-control. Self-control is a difficult thing to master. We must be able to control our thoughts and our tongue. We must be able to have our whole lives consecrated to the Lord. Not just parts. We can't pick and choose. What the writer of Galatians is telling the church is that these things will be mentioned among you. These things should be what you're about. Because he tells them in verse 24, And those who belong to Jesus Christ, they've crucified their flesh. They've crucified their flesh and with it the passions and the desires. 
So when Jesus took up residence, you crucified your flesh. And the passions and the desires of this world are no longer there. They no longer have the pull on you. They no longer have that because you've been set free. Anybody today feel set free? It says hold tight to the good news of Jesus Christ. Hold tight to the good news of Jesus Christ. Every day you wake up, you have to remember, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Lift high the banner of Jesus Christ above everything else. We, we lift up Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about my desires. Today it's not about my glory. It's about Him. It's about His desire. It's about His glory. It's about the people He's going to put in my life for the fatherage of the gospel. You belong to Jesus. You've crucified the flesh. You've crucified. He comes back to this. He's, he's been here before in Galatians 2. He tells us we, we crucify our flesh so that we're not operating in it. To crucify, we put it to death. So that American dream that we all live so graciously for, being healthy, wealthy, and prosperous, he says, put that to death. Because when you give your life to Jesus, it's about his glory. You can't seek your kingdom while serving his. Can I say that again? You can't seek your kingdom while you're serving his. We've crucified our flesh and we've overcome the sinful passions and desires. Then he tells them, he says, then live by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So we live by the Spirit and we walk in the Spirit. We keep in step with it. You know one of the hardest things for me to do, and, and I struggle with this, when God gives us a direction as a church, and he has, when God gives us a direction, you know what I want to do? I want to run that way. I want to go. If there's walls, we kick them down. I just want to go. You know, when we walk by the Spirit, we walk at His pace and not ours. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to wait on the Lord. Sometimes the hardest thing is to wait on the Lord. That we don't step where He's telling us not to step. That we don't move where He tells us not to move. That we become patient in allowing Him to work out. And what happens when we do that? What happens is we see the favor of the Lord. As we've gathered together today, we look back on our history as a church. And God has blown us away with his faithfulness. We've seen mountains stand before us that we thought, no, this is it. There's no way we're getting around this. You know, from an upward perspective, a mountain don't look very big. When our focus is on the kingdom of God, on, on Jehovah God, those mountains are nothing. Those mountains are nothing. So when we talked about church mergers and we, we, we prayed through that, and it was difficult. And we, we said, we don't know about these things. We had a list of things. We said, man, if God didn't work here, we're in trouble. And we just turned it over to him. You know what he did? He worked there. We're staring at a building project in the face that's going to cost a ton of money. That's going to cost a ton of hours. And we're here today and we're saying, you know, we don't know what we're going to do here. We've got a lot of variables. There's a lot of things up in the air. We don't know what we're going to do here. But we're going to trust because he hadn't let us down yet. He hadn't failed me yet. 
He's never failed me. So when I look at the, the, the months ahead and I know what's coming at us, I know the difficulty surrounding them, I know my God's faithful. I know there's nothing as powerful as God Almighty. There's nobody that loves me more than God Almighty. He went to the cross for me. He did all he could do to redeem me. And he's done all he can do to redeem you. So when we keep in step with the Spirit, we realize his power and his goodness. We realize that we can't change anything. So why worry and trust in the Lord? We trust in the Spirit to keep us humble before the Lord. Keep us humble before the Lord. I saw some humble Bama fans walk in the door today. Got some Auburn folks going to be at the altar talking about pride. <laughs> when we get faithful to the Lord, we'll be humble. When we get faithful to the Lord, we make the big thing the big thing. See, we walk by the Spirit and we control our flesh. And when we hold tight to the good news, God's going to do work in our hearts. When we hold tight to the goodness of our Savior, God's going to do something in you that you're not ready for. So let me ask you, are you walking in the Spirit today? Do you allow God to guide your steps? For some of you, God needs to guide your steps right to an altar. All joking aside, some of you, you've got sin that you've been dealing with. Can I tell you that, that you're not going to be free in the Spirit till you repent of sin? You're not going to be free until you repent. So some of you need to come do that today. If you've never accepted Christ, the Spirit of God is not alive in you. So you can't walk by Him. So if you've never accepted Christ, come do that. There's no greater day than today to receive Jesus Know that the enemy's going to say, not today. Don't worry about that today. We'll do that next week. Don't worry about that repentance. We'll handle that next week. As long as our enemy can keep us sitting, we'll be useless for the kingdom. Today, I'm asking you to walk in the Spirit. I need you to do whatever you have to do to be able to accomplish that. Maybe you've got a relationship with a brother or sister in Christ in this room that God's placed on your heart. You said, you know what, God told me I couldn't have, couldn't have envy or strife against a, a believer. He, t- he told me I couldn't have jealousy. Maybe you need to just go grab somebody and say, hey, I need, to, I need you to forgive me. I need you to forgive me and I need you to, to pray with me that I can get over this. Maybe today you just need to come and you need to kneel at an old-fashioned altar. And maybe you need to do business with the Lord. I promise you, walking in the Spirit will be one of the best things you've ever done. When you make that decision, I'm going to live for the kingdom of God. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. It'll be the best decision you've made. It won't be an easy decision, but it will be the best one. We're going to enter into a time of invitation. I know God's calling people today. He's calling you to do certain things, and I don't know what He's calling you to But I'm going to ask you to be faithful. Whatever he calls you, you get serious about it. Father, we pray as we usher into a time of invitation. Lord, we ask that today that your spirit would have freedom in this place. God, that we would come just as we are. Knowing that we're broken. 
knowing that we're feeble, knowing that it's only in you that we find redemption, knowing that it's only in you we find forgiveness, knowing that it's only in you that we are strong, knowing that it's only in you that that we find what we're looking for. God, you alone can satisfy the desires of our hearts. And so I pray that your spirit moves up and down every seat in this auditorium. And if there's someone who needs to do business with you, that today will be that day. We trust your holy name. And it's in the power of Jesus and the power of the resurrection that we pray. Amen. Will you stand and sing with us this morning?